Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, I'm doing another solo episode. I've been into the solo episodes these days. I mean, it's literally only my second one, like, within the last two weeks. But, you know, I don't know. I've just been feeling like talking to my podcast listeners. This week's episode is going to be a Q&A. I asked for questions, like, months ago, and I never ended up doing it just because I was burnt out basically this entire summer. You can go listen to the last episode and I kind of explain that more about like burnout with my work and running also, which I feel like a lot of people can relate to at different points in their career. Anyways, this week I wanted to do like a life Q&A and kind of an update episode because I haven't really updated people and a lot has happened. So you know what? Let's just get straight into the episode. start off with the biggest thing that's probably going on right now. I actually just moved again. I know a lot of you are probably rolling your eyes and wondering what's wrong with me. But you know, I loved my last apartment. I'm staying in San Diego. That's, you know, first and foremost, staying in San Diego. I'll be here for the foreseeable future. The only thing that I feel like would make me leave at this point is either some like crazy work opportunity, which I don't know what that would entail, but you never know. And then also, like, if I was in a relationship with someone, I guess, and they wanted to, like, move somewhere. But that would be very far down the road. Anyways, <laughs> so I'm staying in San Diego, but I did move from downtown San Diego towards the beach because I go to the beach, like, every day, whether to run or just enjoy the beautiful sunshine here in San Diego. So I figured instead of having to drive, like, 25 minutes every day to the beach, I'll just go move down there. And so far, so great. I love it. The location is like prime and I'm very happy with my decision. Also, if the audio sounds a little bit different, I feel like it's way more echoey in here. So I'm gonna have to figure out like how to make that work. But uh, yeah, I don't really know how to fix that. I'm not really an audio tech wizard. So <laughs> let me look into it. I'll try to fix it. Don't worry. But the last week I've been moving out of my other apartment, which was really sad. Honestly, it was very emotional, which is weird because I was only there for 13 months, but I feel like so much 
change in my life has happened like internally over the last 13 months that it made me really I don't know, nostalgic and just very grateful for the 13 months I had in that apartment. And I actually just really loved my apartment. It just, location-wise, it didn't really make any sense. My rent was going up and it was already expensive. So I was like, you know what? I think it's time for the next chapter. So I'm hoping where I'm living now, it's still like a one bedroom. I'm living by myself. So same sort of vibe, but I'm hoping I stay here for longer than one year because that is the plan, I guess. And yeah, that's just been a very stressful week though, moving everything out of my other apartment. And it's also really expensive every time I move. And I kind of hate that for myself and I hate that for my wallet, but it always ends up being worth it. Like I haven't regretted any of my moves. So hopefully I don't regret this one. <laughs> I don't think I will. Uh, this was like a very calculated move. You know, I thought about it for a while. Anyways, so yes, I did move again. Now, like yesterday was the day where I felt actually settled because everything is kind of in its place. I put together so much furniture furniture over the last week and I hate putting together furniture but you know being a independent girl boss you gotta do what you what you gotta do even if you don't want to so I put together some pieces of furniture but now everything is like in its place and I feel very good about it so yeah not that anyone on this podcast really cares that much but my apartment's really cute and I'll probably post a YouTube video this week or next week showcasing my little apartment also, last week I randomly ran 24 miles in 24 hours. Many of you guys probably already watched the YouTube video, but I really liked the YouTube I really liked the YouTube video I put together. And basically it was five runs in 24 hours that like totaled up to 24 miles. Just because I wanted to push myself. Like this summer, I kind of talked about it in some of my YouTube videos and probably on the last podcast. Like I didn't really feel like myself. I kind of felt like a little bit of a weenie. I felt very soft. Like mentally I was just not very mentally strong with anything and I wasn't determined I don't know whatever but then last week I just had an epiphany and I was like you know what let's do something crazy so I ran 24 miles and I have not been training you guys like the most mileage I've done within the last four months has been 15 miles a week so doing 24 miles in one day you know that's a little excessive but to be honest it wasn't even really that bad so I recommend if anyone wants a little challenge to try it out it was definitely doable especially if you already have a running background Okay, well, that's my little life update. Just the general, you know, where I'm at, whatever. Mentally, I'm feeling way better than I was this summer. This summer, I feel like I was unraveling a little bit. I don't really know why, but I felt very chaotic. Like, it couldn't be... I couldn't stand on two feet. There was something always, like, either knocking me down, knocking me over, or, like, I was voluntarily knocking myself over. I don't really even know. I don't even know if that made any sense, what I just said there. But I feel much more stable now. Like, much more mentally sound. And it feels good. So yeah, one of the first questions I got was, will I be in California for a while? And that answers the question, yes. I'm planning to stay in San Diego. There's not really anywhere else I want to move or live, because I feel like I already did that already. Like, I already moved to New York, which was on my bucket list. Uh, I mean, Portland wasn't really on my bucket list, but, you know, I was always considering living there. But anyways, long story short, yeah, I'll be in California for a while. <laughs> Someone asked about being self-employed, like, is it worth it? Because you have to deal with things like, your own health insurance, you know, there's a lot of financial instability, there's no benefits, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So the question is, is it worth it? I think it depends on what you're doing and if you love doing it. If you're passionate about something and you are self-employed, I feel like that does make it worth it. Like for me with this job, I absolutely love doing it. I love my podcast. I love sharing my life with, your, with you guys. I love connecting with people. And this podcast especially, it's just crazy how I can like have genuine fun conversations with people and it's how I make a living that's really cool and the fact that like you guys get to enjoy it too is awesome I find that 
a very cool way to be able to make a living. Yeah, so like obviously I'm really passionate about this and like there are, are definitely cons. Like, you know, I already said before, I have to get my own health insurance, which is really expensive. Um, especially at the beginning when you're starting out, there's a lot of financial instability. I think now because I've been doing it basically since like I graduated college, pretty much building my brand and stuff. It was definitely riskier when I decided to go full-time at the beginning, which it is for, like, a lot of self-employed people. Usually you're not, like, making a ton of money right off the bat. So you do end up having to, like, take a risk where you lose any, like, other financial stability you have, like a different job or something, to pursue being self-employed. And for me now, like, I have more stable income, like, whether that be long-term contracts or just different avenues to make money, like, you know, YouTube, this podcast... Instagram and my food Instagram too like in the past and stuff like I just have differentiated ways to make a living which is really nice because it provides me some sort of financial stability blanket over me when at the beginning like all I really had was YouTube like if that like randomly flopped one day or one I don't know god forbid my account got deleted or something then all of that would be all of my income would be washed under the table all of my income would be gone forever but now that I have like different streams of income, I feel more sane about it. But it definitely is like hard at the beginning. But again, if you're passionate about it, I feel like you're willing to go for it and you'll do what it takes to feel stable. At least that's what I did. Like I didn't want to live day to day, like not knowing where my money was coming from or if I was going to be able to continue doing this and like being able to like pay my rent at the same time. So I knew I didn't want to live like that for a while. I didn't want to make a habit of feeling like that. So I feel like you know, over the years, I just steadily grew everything. It wasn't like all or nothing. And it wasn't, I feel like a lot of people these days have the get rich quick mindset, especially when it comes to like being self-employed and big business and creating your own business and stuff. And honestly, I feel like TikTok makes it worse because people try to sell you things like sell you courses on how to get rich quick. But that's definitely not how it works most of the time. Like for me, I definitely was not making that much money at the start. But over time, like I've definitely, you know, built a successful brand and business out of this, which is kind of crazy to think about. But yeah, it just is very like steady growth over time, not doing any like thing drastic and not expecting to like get rich quick, I guess, out of all of this. So I think just going in with that mindset and being passionate about what you're doing, it makes it a lot easier to stay sane while being self-employed. Obviously, you don't have benefits either, which means that, you know, I don't have someone to match my 401k, but I did started one myself. I started investing in the stock market myself. Like, I think it just takes someone that is really self-motivated to do this job. Obviously, like, no one is telling me what to do. That's one of the hardest things about this job is that I wake up and no one tells me what to do. Or also, no one tells me that I'm doing a good job, really. Like... <laughs> You know, most people have bosses or coaches, like they guide you or they at least give you like affirmation that what you're doing is the right thing. And I don't really get that from anyone. Like obviously I get supportive comments and everything and those mean the world, but it's just different from when, it's just different when it comes from like an authority figure, I guess, or like, I don't know. And not having that, I think is one of the hardest things for me to deal with because I constantly, like, I'm my own worst critic. So I constantly think I'm not doing enough or like what I'm doing isn't good or that I'm in my flop era. It's the same thing with me saying I'm out of shape all the time. Like it's just the same sort of rhetoric that goes on in my mind. So yeah, and some days I wish I had someone telling me that I was doing the right thing and I was on the right path, but I'm just trusting myself and I love what I'm doing and that's basically all I can do at <laughs> this moment in time. And it's hard, but you know, there's a lot of pros with this job too, obviously. Like the freedom to do whatever I want when I wake up is nice. 
And also some days not having someone tell me what to do is nice. So there's just pros and cons and you get used to it over time. I mean, I feel like these days more people are working for themselves or like working remotely. And a lot of people have asked me like how I structure my days or how I balance everything out. Um, I don't. <laughs> and I think, I think it's just been years of me not structuring my days where now it's kind of routine for me to not structure my days. But I can see how that stresses a lot of people out because one of the main things I miss about like college sports, I was talking about this with my friend last night, is that you have such structure in your life and it provides so much mental stability and not having that, like especially at the beginning, I feel like it was driving me insane. And now I think I'm just okay with it driving me insane. And instead of like fighting it, I just like embrace the no structure life. And you know, I work a lot, like my life is basically all online. So I feel like I'm constantly working, I guess. It's a weird balance, but I don't know. I feel like it's gotten easier every year and I've just become more accustomed to the lifestyle that it brings. I don't really even know. Like there's definitely days where I wish I had more structure and I obviously like people are like, oh, then just create the structure. But it's hard when you're the only person to rely on. You're the only person that's like telling you what to do. There's just, you know, I can only put so much things on my plate. I'm not really the best at following plans. So I'm more of a go with the flow kind of person, which I feel like you have to be as a self-employed person a lot of the time because like so much changes every day. But anyways, is being self-employed worth it? I think it is because, you know, I've had a nine to five. I loved the nine to five I did have, but I think after so many years of living an unstructured life, I really enjoy it. If you have a set plan, you're passionate about what you do, and you also go in with the mindset, like you're, especially if you're just starting, you're not gonna get rich quick and it's not all rainbows and butterflies, then yeah, I feel like it's worth it. It just depends on the person. It also just depends on the personality type. You have to be very go with the flow very self-motivated and have like a purpose in what you're doing. That being said, someone asked what my future career goals were. Honestly, at this point, I am not really sure. <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot, like over the last couple of months, especially dealing with burnout this summer. I was like, what exactly like do I wanna do with my career? Honestly, I'm not like, this probably will come as a surprise to a lot of people, but I'm not a very, you know, career driven person. It's never something I even really thought I would be doing, like especially being self-employed, I never thought that I would be doing this because, and I guess people categorize me as an entrepreneur, which is funny because I never thought I would be an entrepreneur. I've talked about it in different YouTube videos. Like I'm not a good planner. I'm really not good at planning things. Like, and that being said, I've had a hard time, you know, outsourcing help, even like a podcast editor or something, which I do have a podcast editor doing that like even requires planning and was stressing me out for a while because I have to get the podcast episode to this person in advance. And sometimes I record like day of, but then now I have to like be more on it and just like schedule my life around that. Like I'm just not a very good planner, I guess. And when it comes to like entrepreneurship, like usually that means someone's a leader, they're very good at planning, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's so funny because I literally just talked about how you have to be a good planner in this role, whatever. But for me, I don't see myself, because of because of this personality trait of mine that I feel like is just fundamental to my core, I don't really see myself like building a huge empire. I feel like you see a lot of these social media influencers and they're like, oh, I wanna like build an empire, whatever, blah, 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 like build these huge businesses. I like love my little niche. I love what I'm doing. I feel like I connect with my fans really well. And I don't know, I don't really have this like huge desire to create a giant business. That being said, I would love to just continue what I'm doing right now and like obviously keep adapting and 
there's new platforms that are coming out all the time and my content will change over time because I'm gonna keep changing. I mean, I'm 26 now, like my content is a lot different than when I was running in college. And I think I just genuinely love documenting my life. So I would love to keep it going. If people wanna like keep watching, that's amazing. And we'll just see what happens. And I wish I could say I have like this huge goal in mind of like what I wanna, so I could like motivate people to like wanna build these empires because I feel like that's literally what people do on TikTok when I'm like scrolling and it makes me feel kind of bad about myself. But I just like love my little niche and I love this little community I've created and I don't really have a strong desire to like turn it into anything huge, you know? Also another question to kind of bounce off of this is what do I see myself doing in 10 years? Well, in 10 years, I'll be 36 years old. I am really hoping I am married with children because I feel like my main role in this life, honestly, is to be a mom. I've had that like goal for a while. I think like looking back in college, like right now, I'm honestly surprised that I don't have a husband and not like, you know, starting to have a family because that's been something that I've wanted to, I've wanted in my life forever, basically. I think that kind of goes along with like career goals and everything. I just feel like I'm meant to be a mom and I like can't wait to have my little family, you know, and take really good care of my kids. And a lot of my like friends these days, when I tell them that I like, want a child, they literally laugh in my face and they say, no, you don't, no, you don't, no, you don't. But like, I really do. Um, and I really should probably knock on wood because I don't really want a child right now because I don't even have a boyfriend. But you know, one day I just like really want to have a family. And I'm hoping in 10 years, like if I don't have a family by that point, or I'm not like well on the way, I might have a little bit of a breakdown. I'm gonna have like a 36 year old crisis a little bit. Just because I feel like with my timeline, especially when I was younger, like at age 26 now, I thought I would already be there. So I don't know if I can wait another 10 years. Like, we'll see. Like when, at what point do I need to start thinking about having kids by myself, you know? Cause I'm gonna have kids. There's no doubt about that. It's just, okay. Yeah, and I'm not saying it needs to happen like right this second, whatever, but within the next 10 years, I would love for that to happen. So again, maybe I'll just like start a little mommy vlog. <laughs> so maybe that's my career goal is I'm gonna start a little mommy vlog when I start having kids. This is a really good question. What advice do you have for your older self to come back to someday? It's so funny because usually I ask the other way around where I ask my guests, I'm like, okay, what advice do you have to do your younger self? But for me right now, like what, advice am I giving to my older self? Oh my goodness, okay. I do a lot of self-reflection. I'm a very like introspective person and I spend a lot of time alone, which I feel like has helped me develop like a really good relationship with myself and I know myself really well. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately is like, I almost feel like I've stayed the same person for the last, since I was like 16 and beyond, I feel like I've had kind of the same personality. There were definitely years where I lost it. I would say from age like, 20 to 24, I think I was not my true self, but I feel like I'm back at my true personality. Um, but honestly, deep down, I've always like felt kind of the same. Even in those ages, 20 to 24, I knew something was off about myself because I wasn't that like really outgoing, extroverted, optimistic person. I feel like I was a little bit depressed and I wasn't pessimistic, but I just didn't have like the best attitude. And it was just really weird because deep down I knew that that wasn't like really me. I'm not really a down, like negative person at my core. I'm very optimistic, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So what I would say to my older self is that if I ever feel like that again, where I feel like I'm for some reason not feeling like myself, like don't be afraid to make a change. Like I think for me, why I wasn't really feeling like myself is because I was forcing myself to do things I didn't want to do. 
I think I was just like really content and really just stuck, I guess, in this mental place because it, I feel like I was just, since I'd been feeling like that for so many years, especially like by the time I turned 24, I was like, maybe this is just what getting older is like. Like maybe you just, you know, realize things about the world and then you become a little bit more pessimistic or something, I don't know, or a little more depressed. Anyways, it's funny now looking back because that's like not the case. I feel so much better now and I feel like it was because I was holding on to things maybe about my past or speaking really negatively about myself and like kind of shaming myself for quitting running early when I was in college, like not being in a long-term relationship, you know, going to be married at age 25 or 26, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Just being really down on myself and now looking back, that's when I talk about like my apartment. I feel like I just did a lot of self-work over the last 13 months when I was in that apartment and I just feel like my true self again, which is just kind of funny. I think a lot of it had to do with body image stuff too. I really shamed myself about that and just being really down on myself and my changing body, whatever. And I think going to therapy and just working on myself over the last 13 months has just made me feel like way better about life again <laughs> and just way more like my optimistic self. So. My advice would be, you know, if you get to a place where you're not feeling like yourself again, actively do things to change it. Because I think I was settling for so long because I thought that's just the way it is, but it's not. And I really hope throughout my entire life, I am this really energetic, optimistic, fun-loving, funny person because it's made me enjoy life a lot more. And I just feel a lot more alive when I feel like my true self, if that makes sense. And I'm a lot more open to experiencing the highs and lows of life. I feel like for a long time, I was just kind of riding an even keel wave where I wouldn't really experience anything. I wouldn't really feel anything. I was very numb to a lot of things. And now that I've worked on myself and I feel like I'm back in a place of whatever, my positive actual self, I'm much more motivated to go out and experience things. And I want to always make the effort to like be in a place like this because it's just so much more enjoyable than feeling numb to everything. Did that even make sense? I have no idea. I feel like I went on 40 different tangents there, but I've been doing a lot of self-reflection. I think maybe a little bit too much isolation <laughs> over the last couple weeks. Kind of, going, kind of going along with that, someone asked, living alone pros and cons. There are many pros and cons to living alone. Obviously, when you think about living alone, everyone thinks it's a dream, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yes, it is nice to have my own space. I feel relaxed when I come home, you know, there's no one else that I have to like think about when I walk through the door, I guess, or like be respectful of, which is nice. It's just a nice weight off of your shoulders. But then also it's like really easy to isolate yourself. During COVID when I lived alone, it was so difficult. Like I had my friend group in Portland that I would see sometimes, but you know, we were definitely, we're not hanging out as much as we were before. And it was just very isolating. <laughs> so you really have to make an effort to go out and meet people if you live alone. Like you need to make an effort to be social because a lot of the time people are not gonna be coming to you. You know, they're not gonna be like party at Emma's place, her little studio apartment that she lives alone in, you know? Another pro, you can be as loud as you want and it doesn't really matter. That's one of the reasons why I still live alone now is because I can record this podcast in the middle of the day without annoying people for an hour while I talk to myself and stutter a million times. I mean, you guys don't really hear the stutters because I cut them out, but my roommates would hear the stutters over and over and over again, which would probably bother them. So not having to worry about noise is nice. You can leave everything as messy as you want it to. You can clean up everything. Like, I don't know, you can do whatever you want, basically. You can walk around naked if you want to. Maybe your neighbors wouldn't really like that, or maybe they would, I don't know. It's just nice to have your own space. Another con, way more expensive. Even just besides the rent part, you have to pay for utilities yourself, Wi-Fi, 
TV if you have it, like electricity, heating, cooling, water, trash, everything. You have to pay for yourself. So it just is way, 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 way more expensive than if you live with roommates, especially more than one roommate. Like, yeah, you're, yeah, just be prepared to spend more money than you expect to. Like even more money than just the rent price. That being said, I actually really like living alone for that reason because I feel like it makes me way more motivated to work, which is probably not a good thing, but I think for me to be motivated, I need a little bit of pressure. Like when I was living in Portland and I lived in a house with a bunch of people, you know, my rent was a lot lower than it is now, like a lot lower. But because of that, I didn't really feel motivated to work that hard because I was already living comfortably. So I kind of do like the financial pressure, which is really weird and twisted, I don't know. But it is kind of like, it's a pro and a con for me. But it works. Honestly, one of my main pieces of advice though, for especially young adults, is to spend time alone. I feel like a lot of people spend time, you know, with friends, which is great, whatever. But even when they're, you know, so-called alone, maybe they're distracted, like they're, I don't know, at the grocery store alone or something. But for me, I think the most beneficial thing to me living alone is I've really, really, really gotten to know myself. You know, at the end of the day, when you get home and there's no one there except for you and your thoughts, you have a lot to deal with. You have a lot to wrestle with and stuff. And yes, I'm definitely subject to overthinking. I definitely am an overthinker, but I also think you learn a lot about yourself when you do spend time alone. And for a lot of people, it's just uncomfortable to be alone and to do things alone and whatnot. But I feel like you just learn way more about yourself, your personality, what you want, what you don't want. Like the, you just learn so much about yourself, especially as a young adult, if you spend time alone. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Koros. You guys know every time I go for a run, I'm rocking with my Koros Pace 2 watch. I currently am wearing the blue steel one. Beautiful color. I've gotten many compliments on it. I also have a white one, you know, when I'm feeling more neutral, but the blue steel, I'm loving it lately. The Koros Pace 2 is literally my favorite GPS watch ever, specifically because of the battery life. I've tried a lot of GPS watches in my time and one of the main cons of a lot of them is the battery life and how it runs out of charge in like a day or two. The Koros, I feel like I could use it for over a week and it would still not be out of battery and I wouldn't even have to charge it. Like it's incredible. I don't know how they do it, but it is insane. That means when I go on trips, usually I don't even have to pack my charger, which is incredible. It's also super easy to use and it has a bunch of different functions like, you know, swimming, biking, running. It kind of has it all. All I have to do is press two buttons and then you're off and running. And syncing the watch to the app and then to Strava is automatic and it's instant, super easy, like I said. Overall, incredible watch, 10 out of 10. There's literally, I've had no issues with it. I absolutely love it. So highly recommend for anyone looking to get a new GPS watch. For Commas Over Cold Brew listeners, they have a sweet deal for you guys. Go to koros.com and use code coldbrew for a free accessory with watch purchase. All you have to do is add the accessory like a band, a charger, or a piece of apparel to the cart before checking out and apply the code coldbrew and you get that accessory for free. Koros.com, use code coldbrew for the free accessory. Now let's get back into today's episode. So someone asked, is it wrong to say F it, we ball after any minor inconvenience? <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's kind of what I do. Some of the things that happen to me, I swear, are like some of the most ironic things ever. It's kind of crazy how sometimes I feel like the world is conspiring against me, where so many bad things happen at one time, especially this year, like the first quarter of this year, so many bad things happened to me. I was like, there's no way that this is not happening for a reason, you know? The world is conspiring against me. But the best thing that you can do, honestly, is say F it, we ball. Because yeah, you can live in self-pity for a little bit, but what is that doing? Sometimes it's nice to give yourself that comfort and give yourself a little hug, maybe a little cry on the couch, 
But then after a certain amount of time, you got to get up and just get back to it. Because what is the point of life if you don't stand up? Say the world knocks you down and you stay down. That isn't a very fun life, you know? You have to fall in love with the process of what you're doing because that is what makes up life. End goals are great for whatever you're trying to achieve. But a lot of people, when they reach this end goal, they're like, okay, what now? You know? Woohoo! Hoorah! That's great. But what makes life so fulfilling is the journey. This sounds so corny, but it really is. It's like the process, which is super fulfilling. So you just got to stand back up, say, F it, we ball, move on from any minor inconvenience that you have and keep going. Next question. What would I say to someone if they want to become an influencer? Especially now with TikTok these days, I feel like a lot more people want to become influencers. You know, back in my day when I started my YouTube channel, like obviously there were influencers and stuff, but... It was the beginning stages and it was kind of cringy. Now I feel like it's cool, which is funny. I used to be embarrassed to tell people that I was a YouTuber and now it's like, you know, I still kind of brace myself when I tell people that I'm like a YouTuber or a podcaster because then I have to like go into details about what I do. <laughs> but I feel like it's a way more socially acceptable job these days. So cool. If someone wants to become an influencer, that's great. There's a lot more work behind the scenes than what people think. That is one of my least favorite things is when people think I'm lazy or they just assume that I don't work because, you know, all you see is this final product of me shooting a little fun YouTube video. There's so much more that goes on behind the scenes and it just takes a lot of work. Like, I'm about to edit my own podcast today and this is going to take me at least three hours beyond this. Obviously, like, now is editing my favorite thing to do? No, but it's part of the job and I love what I do, so it's just part of the job. There's just more work that goes on behind the scenes. I feel like... It's just a lot more time consuming than people think, especially when it comes to monetizing stuff because then you have to add in like negotiating brand deals and everything. So just know that it's not all fun and games. You know, it's not very easy, <laughs> especially if you want to make like a full-time living. I feel like it just takes a little bit of time. Also, you have to have thick skin. You like truly do. And when I first started, I don't really think I was prepared for that because right off the bat, I was already getting some negative comments on my YouTube videos and they were destroying me. Now it's funny because people comment negative things and I just kind of chuckle because I'm so used to it. But if you are like a really sensitive person and you can't brush things off very easily, then I feel like social media influencer, probably not for you because you're going to have random strangers comment commenting saying that you're ugly or stupid all the time and you just kind of have to get used to it. But again, I feel like it's almost exposure therapy. Like you see it over and over again that I feel like you just kind of get used to it, which... Now that I'm saying that out loud, I don't think that's really a good thing, but I don't really think I internalize it like I used to. But there's also so many different types of influencing. Like you can be an influencer and you don't have to share about your entire life. Like a lot of people, you know, they don't overshare like me. I feel like I share pretty much everything on the internet and there's definitely levels to that. So you just kind of have to have your own boundaries set before you start becoming an influencer and everything. And you have to be okay with being on your phone all the time and be okay with just having a public presence on the internet, which like when I was in Portland, I would pull up to parties and people would have my YouTube videos on the TV as a joke, <laughs> but it's really fun. I mean, it's really rewarding, especially if you're doing it like in a positive way, which I hope you are. If you're trying to become an influencer, there are a lot of people that end up like watching you if you become successful. And I don't know, I just hope people stand for good and want the best out of their platforms and that people aren't like spreading hate or bad messages. You just kind of have you have a platform and you can use it for good or for bad and you have to decide what you're going to do. There's a little bit more pressure on you and your voice because you do have a platform. So 
just knowing that in advance I feel like is important and just always spreading positivity. Okay, we also have some running related questions which I kind of want to get into. Someone asked what the best sports bra for running is. I think it depends on the size of your tatas. For me, I used to love like the Nike Pro sports bras. Those are my standard ones. Now I can't really use those anymore because my tatas have grown a lot. So now I have to wear like the ones with pads and the Under Armour ones are my favorite. I don't really know the exact model, but Under Armour does a really good job of sportswear testing for their sports bras, which I feel like a lot of people don't do. So they just fit really well and I love them. This is not sponsored by Under Armour, but I do love their sports bras. So go check them out. Someone said, does seeing all my friends racing make me miss it slash wish I kept competing? The answer is yes. Every time I go to a race and I see people that I was like competing against or teammates with still racing, it does make me really miss it. And it makes me kind of think bad about myself because I did decide to quit early. But then also, you know, I have to be real with myself and be like, Emma, do you... Like, what would have happened if I did continue running? Like, when I finished running, I literally was prepubescent. I had not gone through puberty all the way yet, so I didn't even have my period. So I that would have been a recipe for disaster. I didn't want to be 26 and not have my period, especially because I wanted to be a mom, whatever. So I needed to physically allow myself the time to go through puberty again. So literally, you know, me being real with myself, if I kept competing, that would have just been stupid for the most part. And honestly, I feel like I just needed to develop myself and my personality outside of running because my world was running for so long. I feel like I needed to experience life in a different way that wasn't competing because the world is so much bigger than the running world. And I feel like when you're in it, you're stuck in this little bubble, which is great. You know, if you want to be good at running, that makes a lot of sense. But for me, I needed the time outside of the running world to like, first of all, heal my relationship with my body, heal my relationship with running, and also realize there's way more to life other than running. And that was really necessary for me. So I don't wish I kept competing at all. It was definitely the right decision for me. And yeah, of course I miss it. I mean, I miss the experience of like getting to the starting line and ready to rip it and being really fast. Like I don't like being not good at running really. <laughs> Obviously now I don't really like being slower than I used to be, but like all the sacrifices that you have to make to get to that level, it just takes up your entire life. And at this point, it doesn't doesn't make any sense for me to dedicate my whole life to it because I don't really even have any goals really with running that I want to accomplish right now. I'm not saying never, like down the road, I've talked about it in other episodes, like I feel like I will get back into it at some point because every time I do go running, I have like a competitive side to me that wants to be unleashed, but it's just not time yet. And I don't know when it, it is gonna be time, but I'm just very happy to not put that pressure on myself because it's what I need right now. Someone asked, what was it like to finally get my period after 22 years? <laughs> it was weird, honestly, I didn't really know what was happening. I also didn't know what was coming. Like I don't really have that many PMS symptoms. My periods are not bad at all. So I never really know when it's coming. So when I got it for the first time, it was a shock to me. And honestly, it was relief because it had been obviously 22 years, so many gynecologist appointments, so many tests done, and it was just a relief that I got it naturally. The time I got it was, this is probably TMI. I started dating this guy at this time and we were visiting his work. No one was like in, because he like worked in this smaller office, no one was in there. So he was just showing me around. I was like, okay, I have to go to the bathroom. And I like went to the bathroom and then I had gotten my period. And then I had to tell this guy that I just started dating that I like literally just got my period for the first time. <laughs> And yeah, it was like a very weird experience. 
Oh my gosh, that's like kind of funny to look back. I feel like that was so long ago. It wasn't even that long ago. It was like literally 2019, but man, so much has changed. <laughs> but yeah, I would say relief. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Next question, if I could change anything with my running journey, what would you change? I wish that I had a little bit more fun in college. I feel like I was way too serious and it's kind of the same thing along with losing my personality. I almost, I lost the joy in myself because I was so dedicated to running and was way more serious than I am. I was way more type A than I am. I'm a very type B person, so it was weird and unnatural for me to be type A. And obviously I think part of it was because of the environment I was in. like. It was just very intense and everything and it was expected that you were dedicating your whole life to running. But I wish I just would have had a little bit more fun because I feel like that would have just made me a happier person and I probably would have raced better, but I didn't know it at the time. So I don't know. I really enjoyed my running career. I had a great time. I ran really fast. It was really rewarding. So there's not really that much I would change other than, you know, having fun. In high school, I did such a good job of having a social life and keeping running like a really positive thing and not putting so much pressure on myself. Like obviously I still did, but I feel like I just had, you know, really good people around me with my teammates and stuff and friends outside of running that kept me really sane. And I wish I kept that same vibe through college because I feel like it would have kept me a little bit more sane. You know what I mean? Someone asked, would I ever be a coach again? I really like coaching. I think it was, if you didn't know, I coached at University of Portland for basically a year before COVID like 2019 to 2020 and then you know in the past I'd also done like online coaching and I was a coach for like little youth athletes in San Diego and I lived there in 2018-2019 and I did really like it but it just takes up so much time. I really like being a part of someone's running career and I love watching people succeed especially people that I care about like I love the journey and seeing everyone and helping people you know reach their goals and everything. That being said, especially if you're talking about like college coaching, it takes a lot of your time. Like it is your life, basically. It's the same thing as kind of being an athlete. Obviously your sport is your life. As a coach, it's the same thing. You lose your weekends, you're traveling all the time. You're kind of on the clock all the time. And especially when you're talking about college coaching, there is very, very, very little money at the start. 
like extremely little. A lot of people don't even get paid. So you just have to be so incredibly passionate about it if you want to pursue it as your career. And I know a lot of people that are doing that or have done that and like, I don't know, you end up working your way up the ladder and everything. But for me, especially right now, I just felt like I cared about social media more than I cared about, you know, this podcast or my YouTube channel a little bit more than I did like college coaching, I guess. I think for me, I'm just not competitive enough. Like I love watching people succeed, but you really like have to have grit and be a little cutthroat to be a college coach. And at this point in my life, I just don't think I have that. And I also really value friendships. And I'm also, you know, trying to get in the dating scene. And I feel like that's just really hard when I'm losing my weekends and I can't like build a community, you know, here in San Diego if I was coaching and traveling all the time. So I feel like I was just kind of weighing out the pros and the cons. And at this point in my life, it just doesn't really make any sense for me to pursue it. But I'm not saying like never down the road, I definitely could see myself getting back into it, especially at like a, you know, more casual high school level. College is just a different ballgame. Like it just is very cutthroat and you just have to really love it. But high school, I feel like you can have a little bit more of a balanced life. And, you know, I would definitely consider doing that someday. But I think for now, I just like doing what I'm doing. So we'll see. Okay, the last question I'm going to have here is what athlete do I want on the podcast? This is a good question. I feel like a thing Mo would be a really fun guest. Who else? Ooh, you know who I want? I want Casey Neistat on the podcast or Cody Ko. Oh no, that's actually my dream guest is Cody Ko because he now is like getting into endurance sports. I mean, he has been kind of for a while, but now he's like making content about it. I would love Cody Ko to come on the podcast because I feel like we'd have a great conversation and he's funny and he's just very witty, you know? So what athlete would I want on the podcast? Cody Ko. I think he would laugh if he heard um, me categorize him as an endurance athlete, but he is so... Cody, if you're listening, DM me. Let's set something up. All right, well, I think that's going to end it for today's episode. I feel like it went a lot of different places, and it was like a very typical oversharing episode for me. I feel like I just dumped 45 minutes of information onto you guys, and you guys are probably like, what is your life? And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode filled with a lot of random questions. I feel like it was a fun episode, though, so I hope you guys got something out of it. Very personal episode. I feel like I overshared on some topics, but you know, what's a pot? What's a solo episode without a little bit of oversharing? I didn't cry in this one though. That's kind of rare. I feel like in all these solo episodes, I end up crying, which is weird. Didn't even really have the urge this time. So I'm not trying to flex, but all right. I need to end this before I keep talking. All right. Thank you guys for listening. You know the usual. If you rate and review on Apple Podcasts, it literally means the world. I send besos, which means kisses in Spanish, to everyone that rates and reviews because you guys are literally the best and those reviews keep me going. Follow us on Instagram at Combos Over Cold Brew Pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes. Thank you all so much for listening and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.